Welcome to the Spiritual Warfare Network podcast, the training ground for warriors in Christ who are ready to walk in their God-given power and authority. Apostle DeCoy Green is about to equip you with kingdom strategies and teach you how to strategically pray and effectively engage the enemy in spiritual warfare. Now, let's get into today's teaching. So I'm going to open up with prayer and we're going to dive on into the word. Father God, we come now, we give you glory, we give you honor, we give you praise, oh God. Thank you, dear God, for this day that you have made. We thank you for another opportunity, oh God, to open up uh, the word of God. We thank you, uh, Holy Spirit, for uh, all that's going to be said and done on this call. We ask you to open our eyes of understanding, open our ears that we may hear, uh, that the word will go in our hearts and it will take root in our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus, we ask you now to remove every distraction, any hindrances we come up against now in the name of Jesus, and we declare your word shall go forth with power and authority, O God. So we thank you now in advance for all that's going to be said and done on this night. These are blessed. We ask in your son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. We're shifting to our, our, our Fight for the Family series. So we said that we're going to start this uh, Fight for the Family series. So 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 tonight we're shifting into that three-part series. Uh, again, we've been talking about it. Uh, so tonight is part one of our Fight for the Family series, and tonight's topic is the need for family. So we're going to talk about the need for family. And so understand that uh, that God truly does supply all of our needs. One of the scriptures says that he supplies all our needs according to his riches, okay? But God supplies all of our needs, and he gave us family because family was something that we needed. So again, God gave us family because family was something that we needed. And just because one may feel like they don't need family for physical things or for things that they need, you may need on a day-to-day life, uh, in your day-to-day life, family will still be needed in one way or another, or God would have had no need. He would have had no need to create family if that were not the case. So understand, God gave you family because it was never his intent for you to be born into the world alone. I'm going to say that again. God gave you family because it was never his intent for you to be born into the world alone. Okay, so even Jesus, even Jesus had to be born into a family because God could have chosen to send Jesus any type of way that he wanted. He could have chosen to send Jesus anyway, but God, God, uh, but God chose to have him to be born into a family because family matters to God. So again, God had him to be born into a family because family matters to God. So Jesus came through a family. Okay, and so. Uh, so I understand that certain things may have happened along the way because the enemy tried to ruin the family. The enemy tries to cause problems in your family because there are generational blessings that every family is entitled to that they want to stop. So, again, the enemy wants to stop the generational blessings that your family is entitled to. Okay? So this is why you cannot afford to have division in your family. The family you were born into, adopted into, or who helped raise you is still family. So whenever one accepts Jesus Christ, we're adopted into the family family of God. This again shows how important family is to God. And the family unit, watch this now, the family unit on one accord is the most powerful institution along with the church on the planet. And that's why the enemy tries to target both. I'm going to say that again. The family unit on one accord is the most powerful institution along with the church on the planet. And that's why the enemy tries to attack family. That's why the enemy tries to attack church. The enemy knows how powerful family is. And every member in your family plays a pivotal role 
and you must carry out your role to ensure that the family unit stays intact. So again, you must carry out your role to make sure that the family unit stays intact. Get it? Okay? So a family divided, watch this now, a family divided allows demons to legally steal what rightfully belongs to you. So you have to do your part to bring peace to your family. So you have need for your family because God has need for your family to do their part in earth. You have need for your family because God has need for your family to do their part in the earth. Watch this now. Get this principle. God expects. This will hit some of y'all. God expects. God expects every family to establish his kingdom on earth and to leave a legacy on earth. I'm going to say it again. God expects every family to establish his kingdom on earth and to leave a legacy on the earth. What's your family legacy? How will your family impact the earth? These are questions you must start thinking about and do your part. Because every family has had challenges along the way, but every family has the necessary tools to overcome every challenge. Every family has the necessary tools to overcome every challenge. So your family should have a blueprint. Watch this now. Your family should have a blueprint that generations from now born into your family will be able to follow to keep the legacy alive. What's the blueprint of your family? No one should have to start over. The baton should be passed on from each generation in your family, not dropped for the next generation to have to try to figure it out. All right? So with that being said, your family generation, watch this now, follow me, your family generation should conquer the mountains of the enemy in such a way that no generation will have to face that mountain again. Again, your family generation should conquer the mountains of the enemy in such a way that no generation will have to face that mountain again. And that can only be accomplished when everyone does their part. Yes, sometimes you may be the one carrying more of the load, but you may feel like you're carrying more of the weight of family on your shoulders, but that's because God trusts you to preserve the family. God trusts you to preserve the family. Yeah, you may be carrying the more of the weight in prayer and, and interceding for the family, etc., but God put it on you because he trusts you to help preserve the family. But again, you're never in it by yourself. We think about Joseph. When, you know, his brothers, you know, they sold him into slavery and lied to the dad, saying that he, he was killed, etc. But the enemy made it for bad, but God turned around into good. He said, God, you know, God sent me before, before you to preserve a place for you in the earth. In the midst of this family, now because I'm in, lead, I'm in power, now I'll make sure that y'all won't be impacted by the famine. So, again, your role is vital. And so sometimes there may be seasons where you are carrying the weight of the family. Certain family members may be doing this and doing that and out of the will of God, but you can continue to pray to help hold to be that glue to keep everything together so the direction of the legacy of your family may be held together now because of your prayers and efforts so don't give up because family needs you again don't give up because family needs you you understand this family needs you your role is important your role is vital your role is critical okay so with that being said now there may be some who seem like they're too far gone but don't stop praying for them. There may be some who treat you a certain way, but don't stop showing the love of Christ. The role God gave you in your family is too important for you to fall into the enemy's trap and step outside of your godly character. It's too important. Your role is too critical. 
So understand, you're never in a fight against your family, but you're in a fight for your family. You're never in a fight against your family, but you're in a fight for your family, and you must let demons know that they cannot have your family. And the enemy tries to bring confusion, disorder, sickness, etc., to attack the family, generational curses, etc., but God will restore order to your family, and it begins with you getting and staying in order with God. Again, God will restore order to your family, and it begins with you getting and staying in order with God. And you may not talk to all your family members every day, all the time, but you should pray for them every day because there's nothing like family praying for family. The enemy will try to sow seeds to cause miscommunication and have one family member being upset over something that another knows nothing about. And there's some who carry around anger, resentment, etc., for reasons that they never share with anyone else. So you cannot afford to be silent in your family because God gave you something to say. I'm going to say that again. You, I'm talking to you. You cannot afford to be silent in your family because God gave you something to say. And if you don't talk to family, it's difficult to know what family really needs. You need family and family needs you. The, the, the needs may be different, but it's a need nonetheless. So your family matters, and that's why God gave you one. Your family matters, and that's why God gave you one. That's why God chose to have you be born into that family, into that bloodline. Every family, watch this now, hear me clearly, hear me clearly, hear me clearly. Every family, watch this now, every family has a collective purpose. Every family, we talk about individual purpose. Yes, we have an individual purpose that we must fulfill in the earth, but every family has a collective purpose. So you have to do your part to help ensure your family fulfills their God-given purpose in the earth. Every family, every family, your family has a collective purpose that God expected. This is what I want this family to do in the earth. How they, how, this is how this family is going to bring my kingdom on the earth. You have a collective purpose in the earth. Okay, let's go to Genesis, Genesis 1, Genesis chapter 1, verses 27 through 28. Genesis 1, verses 27 through 28. And it reads, so God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So we know, watch this now. So Adam and Eve, we understand, was the first family. Adam and Eve was the first family. And the first thing that God told the first family was to be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it and to have dominion. So notice the level of responsibility that was first given. Understand this. God gave you great responsibility on earth, and you should boldly fulfill it because there's no greater responsibility than doing God's will. There is no greater responsibility that you will have than doing the will of God. That's why you're here. You're not here for your own will. You're not here for your own thing. You're not here for your own opinion. You are here to push God's agenda. You are here to bring God's kingdom on earth. That's your sole reason. That's your sole purpose. If you said, I don't know what my whole purpose is, let me help you right now. Your purpose is to bring God's kingdom on earth, and he may have you to do it in different ways, in different 
uh, gifts uh, that the Holy Spirit may have given unto you, etc. But it's your goal, it's, my, it's your job, it's my job to bring the kingdom of God on earth, to, to shine our light into darkness, to push God's agenda, not your agenda. That's why Jesus said to, you got to pick up the cross and follow him daily. You have to die to yourself and pick up the cross. In other words, when you're picking up the cross, you're putting down your agenda and you're picking up God's agenda. Lord, what is your agenda for today? What would you have me to do on the earth today? When I go out today, what do you have me to do? Where are you sending me? Who do I need to minister to? Who do I need to encourage? It's God's agenda. So watch this now. So God told humans, the first family, to be fruitful and multiply and to fill the earth. Watch this now. He did not say that he, God did not say that he will be fruitful and multiply or that he would fill the earth and to do it. That's your responsibility. That's my responsibility. It's your responsibility. Watch this now. It's your responsibility to duplicate what God placed in you on earth so that the kingdom of God will spread and subdue the earth. It's your responsibility, again, to duplicate what God placed in you on the earth so that the kingdom of God will spread and subdue the earth. So we know that all of God's commandments can only be effectively carried out with his power at work in us. You're doing business for God. You're occupying until he comes. And that's the most important business you will ever handle is God's business. So being fruitful and multiplying is not just having children, but producing fruit in all areas of your life. So we either produce good fruit from what we do or bad fruit. And the enemy understood. Watch this now. The enemy fully understood, knew full and well, full well how important family was from day one. And we know how Satan planted a seed of a thought in Adam and Eve's mind to get them to eat from the tree that God told them not to eat from. Watch this now. The first demonic attack in scripture, the first demonic attack in scripture was on family, covenant, and authority. And it's our duty to take it all back. I'm going to say it again. The first demonic attack recorded in scripture was on family, covenant, and authority. And it's our duty to take it all back. It's our duty to take it by force. So understand, Adam and Eve were, fam were a family. They were in covenant with God and each other, and of course, in, in each other, and they had God given authority to rule on earth. So Satan literally attacked family, covenant, and authority. So the enemy tried to pull apart what God joined together because God told them to be fruitful and multiply. Uh-oh, that spells trouble. God told them to be fruitful and multiply. Satan recognized that. So Satan did not want the first family to multiply because it would have created an even bigger family and more potential worshipers of God. So what God put in you, watch this now, what God placed on the inside of you, that's why every person matters. That's why you matter. Your role matters in your family. Your role matters in this earth because what God put in you must multiply in the earth. The more you multiply, the harder it is for the enemy to stop the fire that you created. The more you multiply, the harder it is for the enemy to stop the fire you created. And that's why, an example, when you, if you're raising kids, you have, you have children, or even if you're mentoring uh, youth, et cetera, and when, as you're pouring into them, you're teaching certain things to them that's in you, that's causing you to multiply in the earth because what you put it pour into them, they can then pour into others, and that's multiplication. 
That's why your assignment is so important. You get caught up on what's going on around you and who's saying this and who's not doing this and, and that, and that's what the enemy wants to distract you for you to look on the valley level. The enemy wants you to sit there and, and, and wrestle and fight over crumbs and, 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 and crabs in a barrel concept and, 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 and live on the valley. But you've got to look on high. You've got to get in faith so that you can look from a different perspective. That's an assignment that you are on. Even your family is an assignment. So you can't say you have nothing to do. You have plenty to do, plenty to do. So therefore, if your family is even part of your assignment, then what is your role? What is God telling you to do? First of all, you start with praying. That's the first thing first. So again, you have to duplicate, multiply, multiply within you. Because again, the more you multiply, the more you multiply, the harder it is for the enemy to stop the fire that you created. The multiplication should start in your family. And you've been given the authority of Jesus Christ to rule on earth. And you can use that authority to make demons take their hands off of your family. Okay? So we see from this passage, the first thing, the very first thing God said to family. But we also see the first thing God did. The first thing God did with Adam and Eve was bless them. You were born blessed and blessings are always looking for you. The first thing God did with Adam and Eve was bless them. We see it here in uh, verse number uh, 28. Then God blessed them, and God said to them. So first God blessed them, and then God gave instructions. Don't you know that God blesses you before he even gave you instructions? The blessings is already right there. He gave because he, he said, look, here's what's connected to your obedience. I'm, I'm going to bless you in advance. I'm going to bless you because you need to be blessed to even carry it out. So therefore, if, if you walk in obedience, then that's when the overflow comes. That's when the blessings overtake you. See, some of you have been looking at it wrong. You are already blessed. God blessed you for the assignment. He blessed you just for the fact that he chose you. He blessed you just for the fact that he called you. But when you actually be obedient, when you walk in obedience, that's when the blessings will literally chase you down. That's when scripture says the blessing will overtake you. Okay? And, 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 and you follow certain principles, and there's certain things that are connected uh, just by you being, just walking in certain principles of God. Reaping, you reap what you sow. That's a simple principle. A non-saved person can get that principle because you reap what you sow. But because we're children of God, we have such an advantage. So, again, the first thing God did with Adam and Eve was to bless them. So, again, you were born blessed. And blessings are always, hear me clearly, always, 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 always blessings are always looking for you. Blessings are always looking for you, always looking for you, right? And so, and so there are blessings assigned specifically for your family, and you can help ensure that you all get it by being obedient to God. Again, there are blessings assigned specifically for your family, and you can help ensure that you all get it by being obedient to God. All right, let's stay in Genesis. Let's go, let's go to Genesis chapter 19. Genesis chapter 19, verses 27 to 29. So we talk about the fight for the family, the need for family, the need for family. All right, Genesis, Genesis 19, verses 27 through 29. All right, and it reads, And Abraham went early in the morning to the place where he had stood before the Lord. Then he looked towards Sodom and Gomorrah, and toward all the land of the plain, and he saw. And behold, the smoke of the land which went up like the smoke of a furnace. And it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain. 
that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot had dwelt. So here we see where God destroys two cities. He destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah because both cities were filled with sin. He destroyed it because both cities were filled with sin. And God told Abraham that he would not destroy. He said, look, I won't even destroy these cities if I find as little as 10 righteous people in, in one of these cities. But there weren't at least 10 righteous folks in those cities. So therefore, that's what God said. I'm going to destroy both cities because their sin has come up to me. It, it is too much. And so there are some things that the enemy has set up in your family that needs to be destroyed, and you can send the fire of God to destroy it. Again, there are some things the enemy has set up in your family that needs to be destroyed, and you can send the fire of God to destroy it. And watch this now. So Abraham's nephew Lot, we see the backdrop here. Abraham's nephew Lot was in the city of Sodom. He lived in the city of Sodom. And, and Lot also had his wife, his two daughters, and his two son-in-laws with him. And so then what God did, God sent two angels to rescue the family. And God sent these two angels to rescue uh, uh, the family all because God remembered Abraham. God remembered Abraham. It wasn't so much of what Lot did, but it was more so because of Abraham's faithfulness and obedience to God that, his, that, that Abraham's nephew Lot and his family were to be rescued. Because of Abraham, God was going to destroy Sodom and Moore. Lot and his family would have been destroyed as well, but God remembered Abraham's faithfulness. God remembered Abraham's obedience. God remembered Abraham's prayers. So in a sense, there may be members in your family outside of God's will, but your, your faithfulness to God can cause God to send an angel to rescue them. Your faithfulness to God can cause God to send an angel to rescue them, and it does matter what you do. It does matter what you do. So your obedience to God not only changes you, but it also frees up angels assigned to your family to go to work to help change them. I'm going to say that again. Your obedience to God not only changes you, but it also frees up angels that are assigned to your family. There are angels assigned to your family to go to work to help change them. So Lot took heed to the warnings that the angels gave him. However, his two son-in-laws, Lot's two son-in-laws, thought he was joking. Like, you, oh, I was about to wipe out this city. Ah, you joking. Ah, you, you, we're not paying you no attention. You kidding. We, you know, you're not telling the truth. I know, you, you know, you're joking. You, you know, that, that's what's going on. You, you, you can't be serious. So they thought he was joking. They, they thought he was crying wolf. And so, again, so his, his, his son-in-laws thought he was joking. It's believed that these men, these two uh, son-in-laws, were engaged to be married to Lot's daughters. Uh, so they died in the city when it was destroyed. But Lot, and then Lot even lingered. Lot, Lot drug his feet, even though the angels were rushing him. So the two angels grabbed Lot's hand, his wife's hand, and the hand of his two daughters to rush them out. So they were told not to look back. In verse 17, you go back to verse 17, the, the angels told him, don't look back. But Lot's wife looked back, and she died instantly because of the power of the fire in verse 26. So the only ones who survived was Lot and his two daughters. Only one who, who survived. And so the angels sent to destroy the city were not even allowed to destroy it until Lot was out of the city, according to verse 22. They weren't even allowed to destroy the city until Lot was, was secured. He was out. Okay? So there's some areas that the enemy can't get to in your family because you are there. There's some areas that the enemy cannot get to or touch in your family because you are there. So don't take your role lightly. You have to stay on your post. Your family is in a better position because you're in it. I know you said, oh, my family is this. And my family. 
Your family is in a better position because you're in it. So keep praying that your family will be the family that God called it to be. Keep praying that your family will be the family that God called it to be. Let's go to Proverbs 13 and 22. Proverbs 13 and 22. Again, Proverbs 13 and 22. And it reads, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. So again, this is a perfect example of legacy and the passing of the baton. So we should personally be able to pass down things that we acquired to at least two generations. So again, we should be able to pass down things that we acquired at least two generations. And this goes beyond just physical possessions. It, also, it can also be lessons we teach them that they obtain and pass on to other generations. So we aren't saying anything. If you aren't saying anything or doing anything, how can we leave a legacy? It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about God working in and through us to accomplish his will. And so the seed you plant today for God will grow and produce fruit even after you're gone. That's how it should be. So don't get caught up on who's not doing the right thing because the wealth of the wicked or chronic sinners will be stored up for the righteous. It's going to be stored up for us. So in other words, your payday is sure to come. There's some things you will get just for being a child of God because God loves to spoil us that way. So it should matter that you were born. It does matter that you were born, and there are things in you that must be passed on in your family. Your family legacy is important because it's living proof of what God has done through your family. That's why family legacy is important. That's why your family has a specific purpose in there, a collective purpose. So the baton is now in your hand. Don't drop it. You won't drop it if you truly surrender everything to God. The anointing upon your life can also be transferred to others, and there are some members in your family who can benefit from that transferring of the anointing. So we talk about uh, a legacy, and we talk about generational wealth. Uh, I had a call with some of my family members last night. Uh, uh, do this uh, uh, monthly, uh, what really right now is weekly prayer call uh, with, with with the family. So we had, you know, did this family prayer call, etc. Uh, and uh, and you know, and, and others have done, etc. One of our associate minister, Minister Deschamps, she had done uh, some prayers with her family and etc. Because understand the importance. Of, of, of family coming together to pray, the importance of it. And, yeah, you might get some, 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 some backlash. You might get some, some, you know, the enemy could try to slip little things in there because I had someone who, you know, we, the first one we did was like 30 minutes, and, you know, then we had some people say some things, whatever, uh, and went a little bit over the first time. And then, you know, but the goal is 15 and 30 minutes. Then I got a text message from a family member was like, yeah, you need to cut it short. You need to cut it short about 15. And I was like, okay. Uh, you know, but they weren't really halfway on the one the first time, so – that was just, again, see, the enemy will try to do certain things to try to pull you off, to take you off track, to take you off kilter. But, again, the, the fruit, I already saw fruit coming from it. And so last night we talked about this generational wealth, okay? And, and, and I talked talk to them about the, the, the importance of family legacy, okay, so, and, and, and generational wealth. So, so I said, look, the Lord said, look, they, they, every family should be able to have some legacy leaving earth. I said, okay, when it comes to generational wealth, what, what's the family business? Collectively, no one, everyone has different roles. You know, one may be more business savvy, one may be good at sales, one may be good at just talking to people, one might be good at you know certain things. But the key is that creating that family business, that family structure, that entity, or multiple businesses that even after generations later, that it'll be continuously passed on. 
oh that's that that's the green family thing right there that's the, oh, oh that's the green the greens do that over there or oh, and, and and that's the generational wealth so so we talk you got to start thinking generationally there are things that your family can do together collectively to create generational wealth and god will honor that god will honor that we talk about generational wealth, something that the entire family can benefit from benefit from we talk about generational wealth a good man leaves an inheritance to his children and children. So we're talking about something that, you know, you can have your own individual business, but I'm talking about collectively. What is your – your family can do something collectively together. And then – so that's the, that's the generational wealth part. Then I went on to talk about the generational uh, uh, legacy and things that you can do collectively as a family. For example, community service outreaches, okay? Uh, you know, so you, something you may do something monthly, quarterly, et cetera, that, you know, you know I know different families be in different states and places like that, but those, you know, where the most of them are gathered, you know, y'all can do something collectively, monthly, quarterly, whether it's, you know, feeding the homeless, you know, something, you know, different things that you can do as a family, corporately coming together and, and, and you're serving, you're serving, you're serving the community to a point that you're serving so much until people know, oh, that's, that's, that's the Green family, that's the Johnson family, that's the Davis family, that's the Brown family, because you're creating that atmosphere, you're creating that legacy till they know, oh, the Green family always do that, they always been, they've been doing this for years, that's a legacy that you're passing down to your kids. Then your kids are going with you, and then they're going to have kids, and then they're going to talk about the family legacy, and then they're going to continue to doing it. So it won't ever die. Even after you're gone, the family will continue to serve. Now, that's creating a legacy in the earth. So, again, your family should be able to create generational wealth and a generational legacy. What will your family legacy be? And now you can't say that you don't know because now you know. So now you have to start working on it, praying about it, talking to other family members. What's our legacy going to be in the earth? How, how can we go about doing this? What can we do together corporately as a family, continuously? Okay, that's creating that, that legacy. All right, let's go to Psalm 112. Psalm 112, Psalm 112, Psalm 112, verses 1 through 6. Again, that's Psalm 112, verses 1 through 6. Again, that's Psalm 112, verses 1 through 6. And it reads, praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Unto the upright there arises light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. A good man deals graciously and lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he will never be shaken. The righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. So this is a simple family formula. A simple family formula. We're blessed if we fear the Lord and follow his commandments. We're blessed if we fear the Lord and follow his commandments. Our descendants will be mighty on the earth. If we walk upright, we will be blessed and wealth and riches will be in our house. So the blessing on a house is not about what's in it, but it's about who's in it. I'm going to say that again. The blessing on a house is not about what's in it. It's about who is in it. So if we remain in right standing with God, we will always be remembered. When you obey God, your family will always be remembered in the earth because there will be others to follow you to represent the family name. There will be others to follow you to represent the family name. One of the biggest mistakes we can make is to become impatient and frustrated and abandon the blueprint because it seems like we're, we're doing the right thing. But those who, who aren't doing the right thing are prospering. Again, you will be remembered for remaining faithful when it looked hopeless. 
you will be remembered. You will be remembered for remaining obedient to God, even when what he commanded of you did not make sense. Others are watching. I say it all the time. There's always someone watching. Trust me when I say there's always someone watching that you may not even know have been watching and paying attention, and it impacts your family name. God has placed an answer in you that your family needs. I'm going to say that again. God has placed an answer in you that your family needs. Everything you do for God on earth is a seed sown. So keep sowing seeds in your family and watch how it produces. It will produce results. Again, God's placed an answer in you that your family needs. Don't give up on family. Don't stop fighting for family. Don't stop praying for family because there are generational blessings that are attached to your family that the enemy is trying to keep you from getting. Your family has a collective purpose, so you have to find out that collective purpose for your family. And again, if there's a few of y'all who come together at first until the others catch on, you get together, you come together, you do it, and they keep praying for others until they catch it. But again, every family has a collective purpose. We all have an individual purpose, and then we have a collective purpose as a family. Your family has a collective purpose in the earth. You have to understand this. So you can't write family off. Your family has a collective purpose in the earth, and they must be generational. God expects it to lead to have generational wealth from our families and a generational legacy of your family. Your family name matters. Let's go to Genesis 12. Genesis 12. So we're back in Genesis. Genesis 12, verses 1 through 3, and then verses 6 through 8. Again, that's Genesis 12, verses 1 through 3, and verses 6 through 8. And we talk about the fight for the family, the need for family. All right. Again, Genesis 12, read verses 1 through 3, and verses 6 through 8. And it reads, Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Verses 6 to 8. Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem, as far as the terebinth tree of Moreh, and the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him, and he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel. And he pitched his tent with, with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. So we see that God spoke to Abram, and this was before God changed uh, his name to Abraham. And God told him to get out. He said, get out of the country. Get out of your country. Leave from among your family. Leave from what your comfort zone. Leave from what you're familiar with, and I'm going to show you a land that I'm going to take you. So understand, you may not be in the same location as all of your family, but your obedience to God can release blessings upon your whole family. So God made some promises, but Abram went on faith because he did not know where God was leading him. He just went off of what God said. Now notice what happens because of Abram's obedience. In verse 1, God simply spoke to Abraham. Verse 1. In verse 7, God then appeared to Abraham. And God appeared. Uh, God appeared, which created an open heaven, because God literally appeared in this particular point, which created, again, great doors of opportunity. It was only after Abraham got to the place that God sent him that God then chose to appear. So Abraham was the first person in Scripture in which God showed himself to, the first person in Scripture. And according to Acts 7 and 12, it tells us that God appeared to Abraham one time before this passage, although it's not recorded in Genesis. 
So again, the first time, the first, the first person in Scripture which God showed himself to was Abraham. And so the time God scheduled that he was going to show up was at a specific time. But because of Abraham's obedience, he had this experience with God. It was a portal or an open heaven because this was not something that common. This was not something God typically did. He only did this at certain points in history where he actually showed himself. So there are some things that God will do in your life in a way that he has never done before. And you'll see God in a way you've never seen him before. Say that again. There are some things that God will do in your life in a way he has never done it before. And you'll see God in a way that you've never seen him before. So we learn, from this, we learn from this the importance of location, 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 very important. It cannot be stretched enough that we must be in the location that the Holy Spirit is leading us to, even if it's out of your comfort zone, even if it's a place you don't want to be or an assignment you just don't want to do. Don't allow how you feel stop you from doing what God wants you to do. So going where God sends you will place you in a location where there is an open heaven. Okay, so he wants to get us there because he has laws that he will not go against. So if a delivery is scheduled to happen when you're in a certain place, it's pertinent that you be there. Okay, and, and I had a friend. Uh, I, I told you, uh, you know, uh, one of my my old administrator, uh, who God was telling her to move to Houston for about two years, about two years, about two years. She threw a testimony some so a while back, and she she but it wasn't time yet, so she kept her here in Houston, Houston. But then God finally gave her a release date. She went there pretty much. Not much money in the pocket, pretty much. You know, went there on a word from God. You know, uh, even tags were expired. She went. So it was really a, a serious move. But, but by the time she got there, all these different doors opened. God placed certain people in her path. You know, saying to, to, to the point where she she's now an executive. You know, assistant to a, a mega church uh, in Houston, Texas. And all and again, she all and God orchestrated all and so many other doors are flying open in her life now because she went to the place that God sent her to. She's in her position. She's in her location. She was joking about how there's a lot of people talking about, you know, they, they, they know some of her story, but they, they see what's going on. So they're like, well, maybe I need to come to Houston. She's like, well, you need to go where God sent you because these things are happening to me because of the doors, because of my obedience. You see? So, again, that's why location matters. Where God has planted you matters. I, I say it time and time again. Wherever God plants you, he expects you to flourish. Wherever God plants you, he expects you to flourish. Simple as that. If he plants you there, that's where you're supposed to flourish. That's where you're supposed to bloom, okay? Because that's, that's part of your assignment. That's where he has you to be now, okay? So, again, if a delivery is scheduled to happen, when you're in a certain place, it's pertinent that you be there. Because, again, God has a specific schedule, a specific time standing when certain things are supposed to arrive. Certain times, angels are supposed to, are supposed to arrive, arrive at a certain place. And that, again, why spiritual warfare comes into place, why you can't afford to stop praying because you have to speak strength to the angels as you're praying and speak, giving strength to the angels because there's principalities over your region, over where you live, that's trying to stop your angels from getting through to you to deliver your, your breakthrough, to de- deliver your uh, manifestation. So that's why, again, why prayer is important because your prayer is impacting things in the spiritual realm. So, again, so your entire family can be under an open heaven by one act of obedience and you shifting into where God is leading you. Your entire family can be under an open heaven by one act of obedience and you shifting into where God is leading you. That's why your prayers are important. You must understand that spiritual activity is going on all around you, even though you can't see it. Angels, Angels are doing a lot of work. Like I said, angels are also assigned to your family. There are some things that God cannot release to you until you get to the place he sent you. So go, and it will come. It could be a physical location or a spiritual thing, but you have to go. You have to be obedient. 
And notice that through Abraham's obedience, he said his descendants would be blessed. He promised Abraham, if you're obedient, I'm going to bless your descendants. If you be obedient, I'm putting it on you. I'm putting it on your shoulders. I'm putting it on you. So God could have done it all for Abraham. He said, I could give it all to Abraham because Abraham was obedient. But he blessed Abraham because God is a generational God. He said, I'm not going to just bless Abraham. I'm going to bless his descendants too. Yes, we know God blesses individually, but we're still connected to family. There are some blessings that you cannot get to you, that can't get to you or your family until you do what God's telling you to do. And God's like some of you feel like there's more pressure on your shoulders because of the position that you're in because of what God called you to do. And just like Abraham, just like Abraham, your obedience, you shifting into place, your obedience can cause your whole family to be blessed. Your obedience can cause your whole family to shift into position. You can't afford to say no to God. You can't afford to be slack according to the thing God's called you to do. You can't afford to sleep on your gifts. You can't afford to talk about, I'm afraid to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't know if I can do it. You don't have time for that. There's too many people depending on you to do what God told you to do. So you got to go. If you got to do it, the old saying, do it afraid because fear is not, is not from God. Anyway, it's from the enemy, so you be bold. Let the, the power of the Holy Spirit rise up in you, and you go. You do. You do. And you don't look back because one act of obedience can impact generations, all because you said yes to God. So therefore, if one yes to God can impact generations, one no to God can impact generations. So you can't afford not to do what God said do. You can't afford not to be who God called you to be so don't give up don't throw in the towel you keep showing up until change happens so in verse 7 God told Abraham that the land he was standing on would one day belong to his family it was something that was to come but God gave Abraham a preview of what was to come look at that now God gave Abraham a preview of what was going to come he said look this land you stand on now this will be your family land one day so don't be discouraged by what you see now Look through the lens of faith, and God will give you a preview of what's to come. How you see your family now will not compare to what God will do for your family, in your family, and through your family. All right, let's go to Matthew 5. Last verse, Matthew 5. Again, how you see your family now won't compare to what God will do for your family in your family and through your family and you play a vital role a critical role don't take your role lightly god didn't set you apart for nothing god didn't anoint you for this for nothing the holy spirit didn't give you these gifts for nothing you play a pivotal role you got to understand you got to wake up this ain't time to sleep this ain't time to take no time off this ain't time to go weary in your well-doing you got to put your uh, hands to the uh, to the fire and move forward put your your pedal to your, your feet on the gas and, and go Ain't no time to look back. Ain't no time to be afraid. Ain't no time to be afraid. God's kingdom children aren't afraid. What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? You know who your daddy is? You talking, you scared? You sitting there acting all timid and, and like a pushover? Do you know who your daddy is? You insult God when you talk, you afraid of certain things. You forgot who your daddy is. You forgot who you belong to. You forgot what's in you. You forgot that the same spirit that rules Jesus from the dead lives in you. And you talk, you afraid? Afraid of what? For what? You are too powerful. You got power and authority in you. Don't you know that the name of God is in you? Demons tremble at the name of Jesus, and Jesus' name is in you. But you got to wake up to the name that's in you and say, you know what? 
I'm not coming in my name. I'm coming in the name of Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth. I'm coming in the name of Jesus Christ. Power and authority is in me. Devil, you better back up. You've been beating on me long enough. You've been stealing from me long, long enough. Enough is enough. I ain't taking no more. I'm tired of you pushing me around. I'm tired of you stealing from me. I'm walking in my power and my authority, and I dare you to step to me. I dare the devil to step to me because I'm going to fight like he ain't never seen a fight before. But I ain't coming to my name. I got angels all around me. I got angels who can fight for me. I got power and authority. I got the power to, which, 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 which cast out the demons. I got the power to heal the sick. I got the power to raise the dead. And I got the authority of Jesus Christ that makes the demons tremble, that makes them have to back off. You forgot who you are? Let me remind you. You are the child of the Most High God. You are a kingdom citizen, a kingdom ambassador. You are a king and a priest, king, queen, etc. That's what you are. You are royalty. You are royalty, but you're letting the world fool you. Going by what you see. You better start acting like you royal. Stop talking that defeated language. Heaven does not know a defeated language. Heaven does not understand defeat. It's foreign. That's a foreign language to heaven. Heaven don't speak fair. That that language, heaven don't understand that. Doubt, heaven don't understand that. That that don't that that don't even fly in heaven. There's there's no lack. That, that's not in heaven. So if it ain't in heaven, and pray, the, the the model prayer said, "Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven." On earth as it is in heaven. So it's my job and your job to pull down from heaven what's in heaven and bring it on earth. That's bringing the kingdom of God. So you've got to start bringing the kingdom. And you start doing it to your family. Matthew 5, 14 to 16. Matthew 5, 14 to 16. Familiar passage. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. As a child of God, you are the light of the world. You bring light to dark places. You are an individual light, but your family is a collective light. Your family is a light in the earth, and when you unite, you can drive out darkness. You bring God's kingdom on earth by carrying out his will. So you must let your light shine wherever God sends you, because like I said before, you're a kingdom ambassador of Christ. When you stay in Christ, your family will be a model for others to follow. When you stay in Christ, your family will be a model for others to follow, a blueprint. Your assignments lead back to God. Nowhere God sends you is wasted when you remain faithful. Hear me clearly. Nowhere that God sends you, no assignment that God gives you is wasted when you remain faithful. Regardless of what someone may have said or done, your assignment was not in vain. What you did was not in vain. And when your family comes together... Your corporate prayers will bankrupt the operation Satan was running in your family. I'm going to say that again. When your family comes together, your corporate prayers will bankrupt the operation that Satan was running in your family. Family is important, and you play an important role. God did not make a mistake by placing you in your family. You are there because your role matters. What's your legacy going to be? What's your family legacy going to be? It starts with you. Amen, amen, and amen. So I, I'm excited for this series. Again, that's just part one. So I, I'm excited to see what the Lord is going to say next week. Uh, so I will close us on out in prayer. Father God, we come now to the end of this Bible study. We thank you for the word that went forth on this night, dear God. We thank you, O God, for each and everyone who's listening. 
under the sound of my voice, oh God. I thank you for their very lives, oh God. I thank you, oh God, for every family that's represented on this call, oh God. I declare that their family, oh God, that's represented, that they shall be the family you called them to be, oh God. I declare that their legacy shall be defined, oh God, that they shall have a family legacy, oh God. I declare generational wealth uh, shall be passed from family to family, oh God. In the mighty name of Jesus, oh God, I thank you, oh God, for what you're doing in the midst of their lives, oh God. I thank you for families that are being restored now, oh God, where there's disorder, oh God. I declare order right now in the name of Jesus that they shall shift in the place, oh God. I declare that family members who are going astray, oh God, I declare and decree that they shall be saved, oh God. I declare and decree that they shall come back to you, oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus, oh God. I thank you, oh God, for unity and family, oh God. I thank you for your peace in these families, oh God, that are represented on these calls, this call. In the mighty name of Jesus, oh God, I thank you for the praise reports that shall come, oh God. I thank you for reconciliation, oh God, for family members who may have been estranged, oh God, or who may not have been talking or at odds with one another, oh God. I declare, oh God, that they should have forgiveness in their hearts, oh God. For Lord, you say that we have to forgive in order to receive forgiveness from you, oh God. So touch their hearts, oh God, that they're harboring any resentment, any anger, any pride, any jealousy, oh God. We cast it out now. In the mighty name of Jesus, oh God. So I thank you, oh God, just for what you're doing in their lives, oh God, that their family will walk in their collective purpose, oh God. In the mighty name of Jesus, oh God, and those who feel, oh God, that the burden is on their shoulders, oh God. They're the patriarch now. They're the matriarch now. They're the one who's carrying the weight of the family, oh God. I ask you, dear God, just to put your arms of protection around them, oh God. Send your ministering angels to minister unto them, oh God, that they will not go wearing, wearing well-doing, oh God. That they will not give up, oh God, knowing that there is a reward waiting for them, not just in heaven, oh God, but there's a reward that they're going to get here on earth, oh God. So I thank you for their lives, oh God. We thank you that the spirit of peace shall rest upon them, oh God. I send the blood of Jesus now, oh God, to flow in their lives, oh God, to flow in their families' lives, to send confusion to the enemy's camp. I send the fire of God now to destroy every demonic seed, every demonic camp that's been set up in their family, every demon that's been sitting on their bloodline. I send the fire of God now to destroy it in the mighty name of Jesus, oh God. And I thank you, oh God. That things are shifting even now, oh God. Things are shifting now, oh God. Those that they've been praying for, oh God, I declare that they shall see a change in the mighty name of Jesus. And I thank you for the praise reports that shall come forth, oh God, because of it, oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus, oh God. So I thank, I speak strength to each and everyone under the sound of my voice, oh God, that they will do their part, oh God. They will pick up their cross and follow you, oh God, in the name of Jesus, that they will carry out their role, their assignment in this earth, oh God, and their assignment in their family. We thank you. We bless you. We glorify your name now. These and all blessed we ask in your son Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. Amen and amen. So that's all I had for you tonight. As always, remember that you are the breath of God, and God never wastes a breath. This is Apostle Green signing out. God bless you. Let me smile upon you. See you next week. Warriors, thank you for tuning in to the Spiritual Warfare Network podcast and applying today's teaching. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow Apostle Green on social media.